Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Ryan Moore, Swish TV meteorologist. What are we feeling? Yeah, we do have some chilly rain in the area this morning. A wintry mix setting up in north central and northern Indiana. We're going to see that rain chance become more spotty as we get into the afternoon. High temperatures only to 40 degrees. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Low temperatures right around the freezing mark. Another cooler day for Wednesday for high temperatures in the low 40s. Mostly cloudy both Thursday and Friday. Looking like warm days across the area. High temperatures returning into the 50s under sunny skies and breezy conditions. That is Ryan Morse of Wish TV. Ryan, thank you. 37 degrees in the American Standard Heating Weather Center. The time is 7.06. Retail real estate in Indianapolis starting to bounce back. Does that mean it's too late to get myself an investment? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Of course, COVID knocked retail around, certainly knocked office space around. And we still have not rallied and recovered from it. Even the federal government is having issues getting employees back to the office. They don't want it. They do not want it. I say this as a guy who does not work from the office, but my work is measured. I'm either on the air or I'm not. It's a very binary thing. It's like pregnancy, which, by the way, only women can get pregnant. I I just want to make sure I put that out there. And if that angers somebody, uh, congratulations, you're the problem. Only women can get pregnant ever Ever, 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 ever. Just happy uh, to, to share that with you. I think it's uh, important that we're all, you know, in some basic kind of understanding about reality. So retail uh, is starting to pick up. I'm, I'm happy to see it. Happy to see it. I would like to see uh, people thinking, okay, I can start a business. I can build something. I can grow something. That is that is, that is great. So a little more of that is, is a good thing. And this, uh, that Hunter Smith, former punter for the Indianapolis Colts, running for the House of Representatives, running for the District 24 seat. This is reported by Jessica Todd in uh, youarecurrent.com. Uh, that's, uh, what he's, uh, running for. This is, uh, the seat that Donna Shibley had, and she is retiring when her term ends. So there's a Democrat, Josh Lowry of Westfield, who is running. Now you've got Hunter Smith who's running, who was a punter, and then he's got the farm. He was doing music for a while. He might very well still be doing music for all I know. And he's like, I just see an opportunity. I want to be of service and let's go to work. So very, very cool. Uh, all, all the best to that run. Now, in, in the world of, of the politics, 
into the state politics. In January is when we'll start really digging in. Uh, we will uh, be reaching out to all the gubernatorial candidates and trying to set an hour with each one, uh, you know, a video that we can share at WIBC.com, bring the audio to the, the, the show. Uh, same thing is true with the 5th District uh, for those people trying to replace uh, Victoria Sparks. And yes, because I am a guy who does the whole thing, I will interview Democrats as well. Just like on the gubernatorial side, I will reach out to Jennifer McCormick and have and have the interview. Uh, just uh, though for, for the sake of, of understanding, uh, I'm not sharing with you my questions. I'm not providing you questions beforehand. None of that is going to happen. It's going to be an hour on video. That's what I'd like to do. That's what I'd like to do. It's it's a yes or a no, and that's okay. Right? That that that's all there is. You only got fifty minutes? Okay. You don't you don't have five minutes? Okay. We'll 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 share that information. But this is the plan. This is how we're going uh to do it. We'll share the full thing at WIBC.com. We will uh, put it in, you know, we'll grab all the interviews, put it into a, a podcast that people can can listen to uh, as they see fit, uh, and then uh, we'll share things on air. I'll give you my take, give you the everything. So I, I, I haven't reached out yet. We're going to do that in January. Uh, I am only hoping that the vast majority, if not everybody, says yes and is willing to sit down and talk. That's all we're going to do. Talk, answer questions, you know, share some thoughts, share some visions of leadership, those kinds of things. The actual questions, I am not giving you those. No. No, no. Oh, no. And no. Sometimes people ask. It's adorable. The answer is no. And and so we're clear. The idea that something is out of bounds, no, it's not. No, it's not. Well, we'll decide over here. And if it's not something you want to do, that's totally up to you. There, I have now made that as clear as I can. What is going on in Israel? How do Israelis see the war? Yanam Cohen is the council general to the Midwest from Israel. I spoke with him yesterday. I'll share that with you next. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. So how do the Israelis see this war? That was the basis of my conversation with Inam Cohen, who is the Council General to the Midwest from Israel. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. And now that, that full interview you can get at TonyKatz.com. If you get the podcast, uh, you know, wherever it is you get the podcast, uh, Tony Katz in the Morning News or Tony Katz Today, uh, you you can... You can hear that as well. How do they view it? How do they view how Americans are acting, specifically people like Pramila Jayapal, members of the squad, the college campuses, and and certainly media that wants to say, uh, oh, the, the Gaza has no electricity, so warnings of attacks aren't getting anywhere, and uh, you have Sky News and, and CBS all trying to push this idea and the pushback that's coming from uh, the Israelis. So uh, the conversation started down this path. How do Israelis see these things? And and I'll pick it up, this conversation that I had with General Yanam Cohen 
uh, right here. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you and all of your viewers saw our hostages being paraded through the streets as they were released to Israel over those seven nights and hundreds of Gazans holding their phones, videoing them. So clearly there's enough power to power their phones when we're, they're parading our hostages throughout Gaza. Now that same power to their phones will be to get the maps, download the maps, look at the flyers and don't okay. forget. That was the IDF spokesperson speaking about this idea that somehow Gaza has no power. How are they supposed to get information about uh, evacuations in southern Gaza if they have no power? They've got plenty of power for all the other things, and it's from here where uh, General Yanam Cohen comes back to the conversation. We're not only Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. We are out of time, but we appreciate uh, your comments this evening. We're always out of time, right, when the answer comes, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we are. That does not surprise me, but let me tell you something. You know, I mean, I mean, we care a lot about our, our you know, our very intimate, intimate discussions with the American administration. America is our closest friend in the world, our most important ally, and we listen very carefully to everything America has to tell us. You know, we would not regard Sky News or even other media outlets um, whether, you know, we have to defend our people or not. We do whatever ne- is necessary to defend our people to get the, this, you know, historic and historic terms uh, danger away from our borders and we'll do whatever necessary to make sure that October 7th, the slaughter of more than 1,200 uh, Israelis, Jews and non-Jews, by the way, alike, uh, will never happen again. This is our moral duty. The, the moral duty... Um is not only within Israel itself, I, w- I would argue. F- follow me, if you would, for, for the moment. Um, you're, Of course, I would agree that you have every right to protect and defend yourselves, and that involves taking out people who want to continue to attack you. But to do that is difficult, or is made more difficult, when uh, people who are allies or even other nations want to hold you to a different standard. And this is why I brought up these these two pieces about how media is acting uh, towards Israel in this. How does Israel view? I understand your point. You're going to continue to do, Israel's going to continue to do and try and do everything it's possible it needs to to keep Israeli safe, right? I butchered that a little bit, but you get my point. But how do Israelis view how the U.S. press and maybe U.S. elected officials, U.S. campuses, as I talked about college campuses earlier, how do they view how those things are being represented regarding Israel? Thank you. This is a very broad question. I have to say, we see uh, um, an American administration that is very supportive of Israel. True, they sometimes have some uh, nuances about how to do things, and we definitely discuss that. But we see an administration that is very supportive uh, to Israel that understands the need of eliminating Hamas, and I'm grateful for that. I see, I look at the United, uh, the United States uh, Congress, and I see a very united Congress uh, that's standing behind Israel, both Republicans and Democrats. True, there is, um, I would say, what I call the ceasefire camp, that is um, some progressive uh, Congress members who are calling for an immediate ceasefire, which means, in other words, please save Hamas, stop the fire and save Hamas. We will not accept that. We try to engage in conversation with them. Sometimes we're more successful in that. Sometimes we're less successful. I was listening, by the way, last night, for example, to one of the progressive leaders in the American Congress, a congresswoman that is known for her progressive values, for defending human rights and defending uh, women's rights. 
And when she was asked about the massive, uh, systematic, uh, sexual um, uh, violence against Israeli women during October 7th, she was trying to trivialize that or to contextualize that. So this is something that, I, you know what, I find it very distur- disturbing. Um, but we're listening to the majority, the vast majority of Americans and the American elected officials who stand strong with Israel. And uh, look, uh, it's, it, you don't have to name uh, names, sir. I could appreciate your position. But in my position, I have spoken very honestly about the statements of Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal out of Washington State and the trivializing of, of rape and saying that the response has to be balanced. It, it was it was a deplorable statement. And she's uh, feeling the heat, although that doesn't mean she isn't going to get uh, reelected. So now take us through the next steps with the ceasefire done. Does this mean that Israel has given up on the idea of getting these hostages back? Oh, no. No, no, no. We agreed to start to, to pause, not to stop, to pause the, the fire for a certain amount of days because Hamas was agreeing to release uh, some of the hostages. The agreement was so that uh, for every 10 additional hostages, we would uh, prolong the pause of the fire for one more day. Hamas, at a certain point on Friday, decided not to prolong that. And I was listening very carefully to the uh, spokesperson of the State Department this morning who explained that the reason that Hamas did not want to uh, release more Israeli uh, women, and they're holding more women and more babies, by the way, is that they didn't want these women to testify, to tell the world the story about what happened to them during, you know, their captivity days. Now, one can only imagine, one can only imagine what the, the spokesperson of the State Department was referring to. And again, that connects me to the congresswoman you were mentioning yesterday that was trying to trivialize the horrors that we know that are happening uh, in Hamas captivity and that happened on on October 7th. So that's just some of my conversation with Yanam Cohen, uh, the council general to the Midwest uh, from Israel. Wherever you get the, the Tony Katz morning show or any part of the Tony Katz Today podcast, boom. Uh, that's where you can hear the full thing. And, of course, uh, at TonyCats.com and Rumble, Rumble.com slash TonyCats. Uh, it is very true that these these leftists don't care about women in the slightest. They don't care. They only How long have we been saying if uh, you're a woman and conservative, according to the left, you're not really a woman? You hear this all the time. Now, but in the beginning, it was just me. It was just this show. If you're gay and conservative, you're not really gay. If you're black and conservative, you're not really black. They've said this again and again and again. Their bigotry is everywhere. I was very happy to see um, uh, Greg Gutfeld over there at Fox News on The Five. You know, I, I didn't play it, but I'll play it. The popcorn moment. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's a story you need to hear to believe. Then grab your popcorn because there is more. Good on Gutfeld for doing, I think, a very succinct job in 60 seconds explaining this exact theory that we've been putting out for years. It's amazing when you consider the Me Too movement in in that context. We went from believe all women to believe no women if they're Jewish. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not about like, where are the women's groups? It's like, who do the women's groups represent? Who do they represent now? We know they don't represent any Republican women or libertarian women or pro-life women or independent women. Among feminists, they don't represent women in sports 
who don't want to compete against men. They don't uh, they don't uh, represent women who believe in legitimate safe spaces away from men. Right. They don't represent, obviously, Jewish women and they don't re- represent white women unless they buy a dinner where they confess that they're an oppressor to uh, uh, woke scholars. And I'm trying to think who's left to represent. Is it men? Who say they're women? Because once you no longer stand up for victims of mass rape, what good are you as a woman's group? Right? You're you're yeah. worthless. You're pathetic. Fact. Fact. And fact. The reckoning, ladies, it is here. I said ladies, sorry. The reckoning leftist ladies, it is here. people who have been dealing with colds and flus this season have it far worse than me. I'm, I'm on day two. And it's it's only an issue because I I can feel the, the labored breathing. And if I if I didn't talk for a living, I'd be fine. I'd be fine. It would be I just dance through life. But talking for a living and right now everything hurts. Tony Katz 93 WIBC. Good morning. I am uh, I am bundled up. It's it's not the chills, just cold. Right, the chills are different. Don't have that. I said earlier, if I was wearing one more sweater, I would be my father. Who I I don't know if your dad has done this. I don't know how old your father is. My father's 85, and uh, about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, he started being cold all the time. Everything, the middle of summer. I'm cold. He would come to visit. Why is the air conditioning on? Because it's 97 degrees out and it's Indiana. What do you mean, why is the air conditioning on? Never. That's why they moved to Florida. Which still, crazy move. And so, always cold. I feel that way right now. I'm starting to understand him. And that, that in and of itself, very frightening. Producer Jonathan, you are not yet near this age. When you start understanding your father, your 85-year-old father, that is a frightening moment where you have to really rethink everything in your life. Yeah, just, that doesn't sound great. Yeah, just just write that down that you were you were told uh, that uh, today. Uh, so so now I need now I need a uh, soup. I don't know. Soup sounds good. Soup sounds good. I'm gonna make chicken soup today. Uh, and uh, I, I will tell you, I'm going to be giving full updates on because uh, <laughs> like you want them. I'm just very excited. Uh, building onto the house uh, and and building a whole new studio space that will be cigar space as well. And uh, and my humidor came in, hold seventeen hundred cigars. De- the the delivery, the the pallet, the thing is the thing is huge. It's huge. It's not a walk in. I I thought about doing a walk in humidor, but I didn't want to take up that much space. Seventeen hundred cigars. Now you ask me, wait a second, Tony. Do you have seventeen hundred cigars? And the answer is not yet. I have in my places, in my storage facilitai, um, or, or in the Hebrew, facilitim, uh, that's not really Hebrew, I have 500. Ah, you pick something up here, you pick something up there, you pick up a box here, the next thing you know, boom. Uh, so will I get to 1,700? I'm going to try very hard. I'm going to try very hard uh, to, to do that, but I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to buy just anything. Uh, and I'm not buying anything that I collect. 
everything will eventually get smoked. Everything. So this is this is all happening. I thought concrete was going to happen yesterday. Should happen today. All very exciting. The reason I, I bring all of this up, all of it, uh, I I do not deny that where, where the economic reality of America is. I do not deny that things are rough. And I am taking an honest look every day and wondering how people afford anything. I have been trying to put this together for three years. I've been saving up. And this is an opportunity to build out everything that we're doing. I, I, am, I am proud of this investment into, into the business, into uh, the content creation, and yes, and into, uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, relaxation and enjoyment. And, I, and I, I, I'm, I'm here to say that it has been three years of planning this and, and saving up for it and getting ready for it. Um, you know, thinking about wanting to do this, knowing what, what this would take. There's a lot of that. And, and these are oftentimes the times to go about it. The times to take the, the, the shot when other people aren't. That sometimes creates opportunity. I don't know if I'm right. I do not know if I'm right. But I am, uh, I'm going down that road. I'm hoping it's going to be a good one. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Remind me to share with you uh, this uh, madness from Ibram Kendi, the guy who uh, um, who uh, invented the term anti-racism. The word salad, he, he sounds like Kamala Harris. It's really bad. And people take him seriously and they applaud. Oh, you're so wise. The applause for bigotry, unreal. Tony Katz. 93 WIBC, good morning, good to be with you. The Daily Signal, um, part of Heritage Foundation, uh, they have got a story about Disney. Now, I saw in the social media worlds where Donald Trump was blaming Ron DeSantis for Florida State not being chosen to be part of the college football playoffs because he went after Disney. And then uh, one of his acolytes, Laura Loomer, uh, decided to jump in on that. It was, oh, God. We, we are really in some nutty. Now, when um, DeSantis first started going after Disney, I was not a fan. Although I said that if, if you wanted to say you don't get this certain tax district. Well, no one said anything lasts for forever. The story from the Daily Signal, to which, uh, by the way, Tony Kinnett, uh, the the Kinnett cast, which you hear uh, every Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. right here at WIBC, uh, he uh, works with Daily Signal. The story is, is that Walt Disney was controlling the local government around the site for decades being described as an egregious exhibition of corporate cronyism. So they had this this area, which they called the Reedy Creek Improvement District, RCID, Reedy being R-E-E-D-Y. 
They got permission from the Florida legislature and the governor back in 1967 to create this, to create this area. It was DeSantis who signed a bill abolishing the district and um, uh, and and, move, and moving the the oversight to the Central Florida Florida Tourism Oversight District. So what the people at Daily Signal are saying is that they didn't just control the Reedy Creek Improvement District. They were buying loyalty, including providing to possibly elected officials, possibly others, an outrageous number of perks. So... Uh, the uh, Board of Supervisors and others uh, got company benefits, uh, annual passes to theme parks, 40% discounts on cruises, free transferable single-use tickets during the holiday season, discounts, massive discounts on merchandise, market discounts on food and beverage, access to non-public shopping reserved for Disney cast members. Now, I'm not a Disney guy. Actually, I, I, we, I, don't, I never let my kids watch Disney Channel. I thought all that content was bad for, for, for my kids. But a lot of people are Disney people. And you know how much they would kill to have access to some of those things? But here, the Reedy Creek Improvement District provided employees, retirees, members of its board of supervisors, and certain VIPs with special access tickets to Disney parks. Internal documents refer to them as complimentary tickets. So they didn't have control of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, but they bought the access to the Reedy Creek Improvement District through these kinds of of bribes. That is the argument being made here. Um, The RCID paid $725 for each complimentary ticket known as a Silver Pass. Um... And I think that usually goes for like fourteen hundred bucks. That's that's, or maybe that's just one of them. Uh, this is interesting. How you know they they knew that if they were able to have this district, they were able to control it. They'd be able to make all the money on the other side. So what they gave away was really paltry in in comparison. But if you're somebody who got free tickets here and discounts there, oh look at look at how cool your life is. So not only if, if, if this is true, and certainly they seem to have done the research and, and let's investigate, would you say, my God, Disney is a duplicitous organization? You would then take a look at all those elected and other people who have been part of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, and when are you going to charge them? Shouldn't people go to jail? They didn't do what was in the best interest. Of, of of the neighborhoods, they did what was in the best interest of themselves because they were being bribed to do it. doesn't matter if the bribe is gold bars and your name is uh, Senator Bob Menendez or if, it's, or if it's a silver pass to Disney. A bribe is a bribe is a bribe is a bribe. And since it wasn't disclosed, hey, they gave me this. Oh, this is, this is a rough story. You want a rougher story? How about the idea of Microsoft engaging with propaganda outfits out of China. I've got that story on Tony Katz today at noon.